All right. Both say let's uh, let's begin. So today's daf is daf chav zayin. We left off on chav vav amud beis. So, but right by the gemara, three lines are from the bottom. Says the gemara tana have shaitan vinituchan shavin bizar. So remember again, the Mishnah mentioned that when it comes to literally the skinning and dismembering of the animals of, of the carbonos, el shal elu elu shavin. Both these and these are the same, are equivalent. Now Rashi understood that the these and these are actually a reference to communal carbonos and individual carbonos. So the Gemara says, what does it mean that they are the same? That interestingly enough, when it comes to the skinning and dismembering of sacrificial animals, that it need not be done by a coin. It could even be done by a non-coin, by a zar. So the Gemara says, um, So Chizkiah says, where do we know this from? Where do we know that you can go ahead and skin the animal and dismember the animal even through a non-coin? So the Gemara says, Chizkiah says, because the Pazik says, Because the Torah says that the sons of Aaron will place the Eish, will place the fire on the Mizbeach, Nisinas Eish, it's the placement of fire by a kahuna, that requires kahuna. Hefshet minituach, lo by a kahuna, but the skinning and dismembering of the animal does not require kahuna. So also what Chizki is dashing over here is the Torah goes out of its way to say that the sons of Aaron will place the fire on the Mizbeach. So obviously if it's mentioning that they have to place the fire, it's coming to exclude something else. Chizki says, what is it coming to exclude? It's coming to exclude skinning and dismembering. So the Gemara says, one second, top of Chof Zayim, hi, mi boy le lugufei. But you can't do that because it will say that Pasuk of v'nosnu b'nei Aaron ha-kohen eish alam is coming to teach us that very concept. Namely, that the Kohanim have to be the ones who place the fire on the Mizbeach. Look at Rashi. Hi, mi boy le lugufei. Dini boy kohen mi uta minalam lahev shekni tuach. So also, remember that Pasuk what, what the Gemara is going to entertain is the idea that without that Pasuk, I would not have necessarily known that it has to be the Kohanim that placed the fire on the Mizbeach. I might have thought that it could be someone else. Kamash on the Pasuk teaches me it has to be the Kohen. If that Pasuk is teaching me that it has to be the Kohen, then that Pasuk is not available to teach me that what? That a Zar can go ahead and do Hefshet Tuach. Amr of Simba Ashi, of Simba Ashi says, Ashkachse la abayit. This is actually, I think this is such a beautiful statement. So Ravashi, Rasim Ravashi said, I found that Abaye, that Havid Masber that Abaye was explaining this concept to his son. I don't know how old his son was at the time when he was explaining this concept, but it's a beautiful image nevertheless. So I, so I found that Abaye was teaching his son. And what did Abaye say to his son? The Torah says, the shachat, the shachat, Shrita bizar kshera. So also the Torah says, when speaking about the shechting of a sacrificial animal, it says v'shochat v'shochat as ben habakar lifnei Hashem. You will shech the ben habakar before Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So the Gemara learns out from there. It doesn't say v'shochat hakohen. It just says v'shochat. It just says v'shochat. So what does v'shochat mean? Shrita bizar kshera. That shrita, which we already learned this earlier, shrita can be done. Even by a non-coin. Now I will say, what's the Havamina? Now when it's the Vichy Me'ayin Basa, the Gemara is saying is, what's, what's the Havamina 
that what's the Havamina to say that Shrit does not share a bazaar? Why would I have thought that obviously if the Gemara if the, if the Torah is teach if the Gemara is saying that we need a Pasuk to teach me that the Shrit, the sacrificial Shrit that can be done by an uncoin, that means the Havamina is that it must have had to have been done by a coin. Where do I know that from? So the Gemara says, Shine Amar, Va'ata Ubanacha Itcha. Tishmuru esku naschem. Because the Pasuk says, talking to Aaron, you and your sons, together with you, will safeguard the covenant of the kahuna. Shomea ani afilu shkita. I might have thought that the covenant of the kahuna inclu- even includes shkita. That even a Kohen has to go ahead and do shkita. Talmud Lomar, therefore the Pasuk says, V'shachat es ben habakar l'thnei Hashem. V'ekrivu b'nei Aaron hakonim es adam. Rebos, listen to this. So the Pasuk says, and he will shecht the Ben Abakar before Hashem. And what happens? And the sons of Aaron will offer up the blood. What do we learn out from this? Mikabalah mitzvah bekuhuna. I will say, when does, when does the mitzvah of the kuhuna begin? From Kabbalah, from the reception of the blood. And I'm sorry. From the reception of the blood and on. Remember, Kabbalah is the act right after Shrita. After Shrita, the coin has to, or somebody has to receive the blood actually within a klishar, it's actually within a, a, a sanctified vessel, that's when the mitzvah of kahuna sets in. Only from Kabbalah and on. Pre-Kabbalah, the truth is there's only one thing before Kabbalah, which ultimately is shechita, is kshera bizar. V'samach yado v'shachat. And also the Gemara makes a very interesting drasha. The Torah says, V'samach yado, he will place his hands on top of the carbon, v'shachat, and he will slaughter it. And I will say, Limate ala shrita shekser bizar. The Gemara knows to juxtaposition of those phrases. The smicha is done by the owner. The owner, of course, could quite possibly be what? A zar, a non coin. The fact that you have the juxtaposition of v'samach to v'shachat teaches me that what? That shrita is kshera bizar. Limate ala shrita shekshera bizar. So I will say, what comes out from this whole thing is, Michti, mikabala ve'elech mitzvah skuna. So I'll say what comes out is the following, that the only time that the Kohanim must be part of the service is from Kabbalah and on. From Kabbalah and on, from the receiving of the blood and on, that's the mitzvah b'kuhuna. V'nosnu b'nei Aaron lamali. So I'll say, let's go back for just a moment. <coughs> if it's true that from Kabbalah and on is a mitzvah for the kahuna, then lamaisa, why do I need the Pasuk of in, with this, the Pasuk quoted on the days. <laughs> that the sons of Aaron must place the Ish on the Mizbech. After all, again, remember, it's obvious that they have to place the Ish. Why? Because the Ish comes after Kabbalah. We've just established that anything after Kabbalah has to be done by Kohanim. So why do I need this Pasuk? So the Pasuk must be coming to exclude something else. What is it coming to exclude? What must it come to be excluding? It must come to exclude skinning and dismembering that what? That those avodos or those things need not be done by kohanim, but could even be done by a czar. So the Gemara says, we're on Chav Zayin Amud Aleph, right across from Tosvos Ella Mehacha. It's uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines down from the top. Va'akati, it's Terech. Now I'll tell you why, I still need the Pasuk of Venos Lubene Aaron Akon Eshalem Zbeach. Why? Because the Vakati Itzrich, it's Pasik is still necessary. Sakadaitramina, I might have thought, Kavan Delav Avoda Dimaakva Kaparehi. Loti Baikuna. I might have thought that since the placement of the fire on the Mizbeach is not what we call an Avoda that's Ma'akev Kapara. It's not an Avoda that prevents atonement. 
we see, saw this already back in Pesachim, that although all parts of the Avoda are important, not all parts of the Avoda are equally as important. Karbanos come to, 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 to provide what we call kapar, to provide atonement. That's true, by the way, even with non-sin offerings. Every carbon has a kapara component to it. The, shayla, the, the point is that there are some things that are ma'akiv kapara, some things that are not ma'akiv kapara. So, for example, the only thing Rashi points out, the only thing that's really ma'akiv kapara is what? Is, is the zrikas hadam. Blood application. It's the application of the blood that really makes or breaks the most. Remember, we, remember we first saw this by Pesachim. Remember by Pesachim, the halacha was that what happens if before you go ahead and get a chance to eat your carbon Pesach, the carbon becomes tummy. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Obviously, you, you don't eat the carbon, but you also need, you don't have to do another carbon. Why? Because as long as the zrika, as long as the blood application was done correctly, then lemaitz again, the carbon is good. So the Gemara says like this. I might have thought, I might have thought that even a czar can place the fire on the Mizbeach. Why? Why? Because remember, Lemaisa, the placement of the fire is not an avoda, is not an avoda that can go, that is that is ma'akev. That is ma'akev, right? It's not ma'akev, meaning if, I mean, we'll say if you forgot it, or for example, we'll see, well, we'll see what happens if a non-Kohen does it. But it's not ma'akev kapara. So I might have thought that because it's not ma'akev kapara, maybe it doesn't have to be done by a Kohen. Kamash Malon, that's not the case. The boy Kahuna. Elame Hacha. Rather, we learn it out from here. So, also remember, just keep your eye on the ball. What we're trying to figure out over here is the Mishnah made a statement. And the statement was that the skinning and dismembering of a sacrificial animal need not be done by Kohanim. We are trying to figure out where we learn that out from. So, the Mishnah says, Elame Hacha. Maybe there's another source. So, remember, right now, the Gemara was positing that we learn it out from the Pasuk of. That the sons of Aaron will place the fire on the Mizbeach. Now, we've already established that Pasuk is superfluous. Why is it superfluous? Because we've already established that anything from Kabbalah and on has to be done by Kohanim. If anything from Kabbalah and on has to be done by Kohanim, then Lemaisa what? Then Lemaisa, that includes in the Sinasaish. If so, why does the Pasuk have to teach me this? It must be coming to exclude something else. What is it coming to exclude? Hefshit vinituach. It's coming to exclude the skinning and the skinning and the dismembering. To which the Gemara said, well, maybe not. Maybe the Pasuk is necessary. Why? Because I might have thought that you don't need a coin to go ahead and do Nisina Saish. Why? Because it's not Ma'akif. Kamash alone, the coin has to do Nisina Saish. Therefore, the Gemara said, let's bring another possibility. What does the Pasuk say? That the sons of Aaron will arrange the sacrificial pieces, the head and the fats on the mizbeach. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, "Michti." Now, why do we need this? Why do I need this pasuk? After all, Now, I remember what have we already established? We've already established that from Kabbalah, the, the receiving of the blood and on has to be done by Kohanim. If that's the case, then what? that this entire Pasuk is extra. Why does the Pasuk have to tell me that a coin has to arrange the sacrificial pieces on the Mizbeach? That's a part of the service post-Kabbalah. But we've already established post-Kabbalah has to be done through Kohanim. So the Pasuk is extra. So what is it coming to? Why is it, why is it here? Ah, Lemeute. It must be coming to exclude something. And what is it coming to exclude? Hefshit vinituach. It's coming to exclude the skinning and dismembering of the animal that those processes need not be done by a coin. I think you might say, maybe not. 
Maybe it's coming to exclude Rabosai the arrangement of the two pieces of wood. Remember, we've already established that by the carbon vein, that by the tomid, so they would bring up two additional pieces of wood for the ma'arach. There was already a fire burning there, already an established fire, but there was a mitzvah to bring two additional pieces of wood. Maybe the pastor is coming to exclude that and to tell me that the two additional pieces of wood need not be brought by Kohanin. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 I'll tell you why. If this is going to be an exclusion, mistabra divchad de mimait. It would appear that the miot would come to be mimait something similar to the subject of the pasuk. And I will say, just like the subject of the pasuk is something intrinsic in the carbon itself, i.e. the arrangement of the heads and the fats, so so too the exclusion must be something intrinsic in the body, in the physicality of the carbon itself, such as skinning and dismembering but not arrangement of wood, which is something extraneous to the carbon. To which the Yomar says, well, maybe not. Maybe not. On the other hand, what is the Pazit talking about? The Pazit is talking about arranging things on the Mizbeach. Maybe the exclusion is also talking about what? Arranging things on the Mizbeach. In this case, what would we be referring to? The Shnei Gizra'it and the two pieces of wood. So Yomar says, well, Sakadayit Chad Amr Mar, Vehikriv HaKoin Es HaKol, the Torah says that the coin will offer up everything on the Mizbeach. What does this refer to? Zu holochas evarim lekevesh. This go, this refers to the taking of the limbs to the ramp of the Mizbeach. Holochas evarim lekevesh who debayakuna. What do we see from here? It's the taking of the limbs to the ram to the ramp that require a coin. Holochas eitzim lo bayakuna. Oh. But I've also the taking of the wood to the Mizbeach <coughs> does not require kuhuna. Now, I've also remember, there are two different types of taking of wood. There's, remember, on the Mizbeach itself, there was a pyre. There was a whole stack of wood that they used to burn, that they would burn the carbonos on. That does not require a Yisrael, a, a kohen, as we'll see. We'll see what you have to do with that. But apparently, Yisraelim can bring that wood to the top of the Mizbeach as well. However, ha you know what does require Kohanim? The bringing of the two additional pieces of wood. That requires a coin. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, So they're both saying, why do I need the Pasuk of Va'archu? Remember, this is the Pasuk of Va'archu b'nei Aaron. Where was this Pasuk quoted? Uh, we quoted just a little bit above. That the sons of Aaron will arrange the sacrificial pieces, the head and the fats of the Mizbeach. Why do I need that? Oh, because that comes to exclude what? Skinning and dismembering. What that's telling me is that, remember, everything comes back to the idea that these psukim are extraneous. Why? Because once I establish that avoda from Kabbalah and on must be done through Kohanim, then Lemaisa, again, everything else becomes extraneous. If it's extraneous, it's only there to be mamait something. The Gemara suggests he's going to be mamait hefshit finituach. The ema hachinami ligufei. I, but maybe not. Maybe the Pasuk is coming to teach me the very, as meaning, no, maybe the Pasuk actually <laughs> needs to teach me that the coin has to bring up the head and the fats. Elo. But if that's the case, then what about the phrase that the coin has to burn everything on the Mizbeach? Why do I need that phrase? So the Gemara says, Oh, maybe that's the phrase that comes to exclude what? The skinning and dismembering of the animal. So I will say, now we go back. 
when the Torah says that the queen will go ahead and offer up everything on the Mizbeach, zu holachas evarim lekevesh. This refers ultimately to the taking of to the taking of the limbs to the ramp. Holachas evarim lekevesh hu debayakuhuna. Holachas eitzim lo bayakuhuna. So we'll say, what do we see from here? That the taking of the limbs to the ramp that requires a coin. But yet the taking of the wood to the Mizbeach does not require a coin. Because the arrangement of the two pieces of wood on the Mizbeach does in fact require kahuna. What do we do with Vinasnu? So now we're going back to the original Pasa quote on Amadal, on Amad Beis, on Chavvav Amad Beis. Vinasnu legufe. So now we go back. Vinasnu, that was the Pasa says, Vinasnu bene Aaron Akoin Eshalam Mizbeach. That comes to teach me that what? Literally, I need that to teach me the very essence of the puzzle. <laughs> that halacha lemaisa, a coin must arrange a fire on the mizbeach. Va'aruchu, now let me go back to the second pasuk of Va'aruchu b'nei Aaron, what does it come to teach me? Va'aruchu shnayim. I will say, now the pasuk that says that the kohanim have to arrange the head and the fats on the mizbeach is phrased in the plural. So the Gemara says, Va'aruchu shnayim. Aruchu is two. B'nei Aaron Shnaim, B'nei Aaron is two. Ha-Kohanim Shnaim, Kohanim is two. Lamadnu Litala Shetaun Shisha. What do we learn from here? We learn from Rabbi said that the sheep, now the sheep is a reference to the carbon tamid, requires six Kohanim. Now obviously we already learned the, the, the Tala, refer, the tamid requires more than six Kohanim, but for these particular parts, the, the Tala requires six Kohanim. So the so, Gemara says only one problem. Amr of Hamuna, there's only one problem about saying that the Pasak of the Nasnu that the Gemara is dashing over here, or excuse me, the Aruchu that the Gemara is dashing over here is not referring to the carbon tumid, but rather it's referring to a Ben Bakr, it's referring to cattle that's offered up, and cattle is offered up with 24 Kohanim. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar will answer this, and he will say the following Al Ha'itzim Asher Al Ha'ish Asher La Mizbeach. The Pasak says, this is Rosa here. The Gemara is talking, Gemara is quoting the Pasuk actually by the carbon tumid. By the tumid, it says, Allah Eitzim has to be on the wood. That's on the Eish, that's on the Mizbeach. Ezehu Davar Shene'emarbo Eitzim Eishu Mizbeach. What is another matter by which it says the phrases or the words, Eitzim Eishu Mizbeach, wood, fire, Mizbeach? Have, on the days, Have Omer Zetala. I would say this also refers to the sheep. So I'll say, what Rabbi Lazar does essentially over here. Is that it's not really, I wouldn't really call it a gzeir shava, but what he does is he finds that there are the exact same words are used by the tala, by the carbon tumid, as well as by <coughs> offerings of cattle. So what Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar uses that to mean is the following: that just that essentially the plural, the fact that the plural is used by both ben bakar as well as tala as well as carbon tumid allows me to learn things out one from the other. Specifically, that there are multiple kohanim involved. Granted, the number of Kohanim by each one are different, but nevertheless, the plural Lashon allows me to understand this is not a one-coin service. So, for example, by the cattle, you have 24 Kohanim, but by the sheep, Rebbe Lazar understands the most basic understanding of plural. Aruchu is two. Bnei Aaron is two. Kohanim is two. Tells you that by definition, there's a minimum of six Kohanim involved in the Tala in the Talmud service. Okay. Amr Yossi. Amr Abbasi, excuse me. Amr Yochanan. So I will say, first of all, you should know just what comes out from this particular sugya is that halacha lamaisa we do paskin that hefshit vinituach is kshera bizarre. 
that literally the skinning and dismembering of sacrificial animals need not be done, need not be done by Kohanim. It can be done even by non-Kohanim. We also pass in the concept that that everything from Kabbalah and on is ultimately done by the Kohanim. That's why Shri Paskin Shrita is Ksheira Bazar. You could have the Shrita of sacrificial animals can be done by a non Kohen, because we accept also that Russia of the Somach, the Shachat. Those who could do Smicha, which is anyone, any owner of the animal, can ultimately do Shrita as well. But we do Paskin, however, but we don't have to question the Paskin. Turk specifically says it that it is the Kohanim who go ahead and place the Aish on the Mizbeach, even though what? Sometimes the Aish itself may be done even before the slaughtering of the animal. Nevertheless, the Maisa, again, it's the Kohanim who must do the Shrita. Okay, so the Gemara moves on to a separate topic. Uh, to, to, to the placement of the fire on the Mizbeach. Thank you. Amrabasi, Amrabi Yochanan. Zar. So we'll say another another halacha. A non-coin, a non-coin who went ahead and established the ma'aracha. And we'll say, what does it mean? Ma'aracha is the pyre that we spoke about earlier. So remember, remember how pyres. Of course, everybody makes pyres, right? So, so you, you know how um, pyres are made. I'm sure there's a tag. Well, here's like a Boy Scout or something, right? Right. So you know, it's like the crisscross. It's like the crisscross. You have, you know. Wood going one way, wood going another way, wood going another way. So, there's got to be a name for that. Okay, we're Jewish. What do we know from these things? We hire someone to build these things. Okay, so the Gemara says the following: So we'll say if you have a non-coin who set up the ma'aracha, it's a very interesting case. So now a non-coin went ahead and this, he didn't kindle the fire; he just set up the wood. So the Gemara says, Ravasi, the name of Yochanan, Chayiv. He's Chayiv Misa. He's Chayiv Misa. So we'll say, apparently, again, the arra- according, we'll see, if, uh, we'll see if we pass him like this, but Ravasi, the name of Yochanan, apparently, the, the arrangement of the Ma'aracha is in and of itself in Avoda, and therefore, if a Zar does it, then ultimately, he's Chayiv Misa. Kate said, well, says, so what, should, so what should a Zar do? So we'll say, let's say, so obviously, if he's Chayiv Misa, the Pashas, what it means is that the Ma'aracha that he made is also not a valid Ma'aracha. So what should he do? Ketaruosa, parka, he should take it apart, the chosevasudra, and he should put it back together. So says, what are you talking about? My ahanile. What good does it do if the same Yisrael who built it takes it apart and rebuilds it? Tushimara says, no, no, no. Ella, parka zar, the sodra coin. No, rather, what has to happen? If a non coin built the ma'aracha, what has to happen over here is the Zar can take it apart. You know, the idea is the Kohen doesn't have to disassemble it. The Yisrael can disassemble it. But what? The Kohen must reassemble it. And that would allow the Ma'arachah to be properly used. So Mar says, Ma'askif the Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera says, One second. Is there such a thing as an avoda that is done at night and yet it's Psula Bazar and yet can't be done by a non-Kohen? So let's remember the arrangement of the Ma'aracha was done at night. So Mar says again, is there such a thing as an avodah that's Kshera Bazar, but not, but excuse me, that is done at night, but not Kshera Bazar? So Mar says, really? There's not? Below? What are you talking about? There's the burning of the leftover limbs and fats. And Rabosai, again, remember that's done at night, and yet what? And is only, and is only Kshera Bakoin, or Zar, not Kohen Kentor. Rabosai, the Gemara's question is predicated upon is there's no real avodah at night. 
there is no real avoda at night. There's no the, the, the mandatory avoda is only by day. Truth is, there's no there's no there's no it's, it's, to give us our kitab, for example, it's the same way that there's no obligation of prayer at night. We have mariv, mariv is a rishus. That's because again, there's no corresponding obligatory sacrificial service at night. So the Gemara's assumption is because there's no avoda at night, anything done at night is not really called an avoda. And therefore, if it's not really called an avoda, then what? Then even if you don't want a Yisrael to do it, if he does do it, he certainly shouldn't what? He certainly shouldn't be high of Misa. So the Lord says, what are you talking about? We do have avodas at night. What about the burning of the fats and limbs? And that has to be done by a coin. Mm-hmm. Why don't you say Shumas because we went through this with Shumas Well, so, Bar Shakiman, the Gemara is going to ask it. We're going to see that. So the Gemara says, I've about the burning of the fats and limbs. That's something that's done at night and yet can only be done by a coin. Which the Gemara says it's not a good raya. Sof avoda di yamamahi. No, no, no. That is that that we don't consider that nighttime avoda. You know, do we consider that? That's overtime, right? That's overtime. That's daytime avoda. Because remember, both sides. Essentially, what ended up happening is they would have they would have burned the leftover fats and limbs during the day. But what? There's no time. There's no time. So therefore, even though it takes place technically at night, it's considered to be the completion of the daytime service. I so the Gemara says, what about, and therefore that's not a good raya of a nighttime service. I, what about, like, like, like Bantil just mentioned, Bahari Trumas Adeshen. I, what about Trumas Adeshen? Right, Trumas, well, so remember, we, we already established a couple of days ago that Trumas Adeshen is done when? It's done before daybreak, which means it's done at night. And yet what? And yet what? And yet Lamais, again, it's considered to be an avodah. They did a pious for it, it was Kohanim, which we assume. So you see, there is an avodah that night, to which the Gemara says, no, it's not a good raya. Even though it's done technically at night, it's still considered what? The beginning of the daytime avoda. The Amravasi, Amrav Yochanan, I will say we, we learned this earlier. Kidesh Yadav If the coin went ahead and did Kidesh Nevraglaim, he washed his hands and feet for Shumas Adashan. Lemachar, the next day, Eno Torah Lekadesh. He need not sanctify them again. Shekvar Kidesh Mitchilas Avoda. Because you already sanctified them from the beginning of the Avodah. Remember, we'll, we'll say, what does next day mean over here? Next day means daybreak. Daybreak, same calendrical date. Yamar is calling daybreak the next day. So, what, what, what do we see over here? That Lamais, again, what, that, that Trumas, so well, let's translate this. That if he did, if he, if he sanctified his hands and feet for Trumas Adeshan, when the sun comes up, he does not have to do another Kiddush Daivraglaim, another sanctification. Why? Because he's already sanctified his hands and feet, mitchilas avoda, from the beginning of that day's avoda. So what do you see from there? That shumas adeshen, although it takes place at night, is really what? <coughs> is really considered the beginning of the daytime avoda. So, so therefore, the Gemara has, unsuccess- has, has not successfully proven that there's a concept of nighttime avoda. Because remember, the two examples that the Gemara brought up were number one, the burning of a varm, the burning of leftover limbs and fats, and the Gemara says that's not nighttime avodah. What is that called? Daytime. That's called daytime. That that you didn't get a chance to do. That's called overtime. But that's an extension of the day. Truma sadeshen is also nighttime. Not nighttime. What is that? The beginning of the daytime. You're just getting an early start, <coughs> which is called tchilas ayom. So therefore, both like we're, we're we're back. Remember what we're trying to understand. Rav Yochanan made a very dramatic statement that if a non coin arranged the mizbeach pyre, that he's chayiv misa. The Gemara says, but what, what are you talking about? This is an avoda balayla, which is not really real avoda, and therefore it should be kshera bizar. So the Gemara says, ve'ela kashya. But rather, but rather again, we're still stuck ultimately with our kashra. She says, ve'ela kashya, 
So our original question still stands, which is, is there such a is there such a thing as a nighttime avoda that can't be done by a non-coin? Because the assumption is nighttime avoda is not really avoda. If it's not really avoda, then lemais again it should be kshira bizar. Rather, here's what you have to say. Oh. So rather, Rabbi Yochanan wasn't talking about the pyre. Rather, what was he talking about? The Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. So what's the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim? We had this in Amadalus. This is the bringing of the additional two pieces of wood during the carbon tunnel. <coughs> That's part of the Avoda. So if a Zar does that, then he's Chayiv Misa. Why? Hoil v'avodas yomhi. Because the mice, again, it is part and parcel of the daytime service. Said, look at Rashi for just a moment. Va'avodas yomhi, dechsev ubir aleha coin, eitzim baboker baboker. Because the Torah says that the coin will burn wood on the Mizbeach each and every morning. And that wood is not a reference to the general pyre, that wood is a reference to the Shnei Gizre eitzim. Maskif le rovo, but Rava brings a kasho, elemeato tibai pais. Oh, so if that's the case, that the bringing of the Shnei Gizre eitzim, the two pieces of wood, is really an avoda, then what Rav says should it require? It should require a lottery. Right? It should require, which should require a lottery. So Rav listen to this. So the Gemara says, Ishtanite ha disanya. Apparently, Rava wasn't paying attention in Shir. Right? Literally, Ishtanite ha disanya means Rava must have forgotten his Braisa. Because what does the Braisa say? Misha zacha betrumas hadashen, zacha besidur ma'aracha, Oh, because the Braissa says explicitly what they're about saying, that the bringing of the two pieces of wood was part of the pious. It was part of the lottery. Again, it doesn't get his own lottery, but whoever, whoever ultimately received the privilege of setting up the ma'aracha, excuse me, whoever, whoever received the privilege of trumas hadashen, clearing off the ash, also got the opportunity to set up the pyre, as well as the bringing of the two pieces of wood. But as I take a look at Rashi, Actually, not yet, not yet, I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, Lememra, is that to say, the avodas yom baya pais, the avodas laila lo baya pais? So we'll say again, so now what, what comes out, Lemaisa, just so you understand what we've done now, is we've done a little bit of, a, of an about face on Rabbi Yochanan Shita. We originally thought that Rabbi Yochanan was talking about the pyre on the Mizbech, it turns out that he was not. He was not talking about the, the, the pyre on the Mizbech, rather he was talking about the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. And the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim is part of the Avodah, part of the daily Avodah, the Baharaya, it's part of the Pais, it's part of the actual lottery of the Trumas Hadashan, and therefore if a Zar, if a non-coin did it, he would be Chayev Misa. So the Gemara now says, Lememur, are you telling me that Avodah Siyom Bayapayas, Avodah Sayalo Bayapayas, are you telling me then that it's only daytime Avodah that requires a lottery, like nighttime Avodah does not? Aye, what about Vahari Evarim Upidarim? So we'll say, what about the burning of the, of, of the sacrificial limbs and sacrificial fats, where apparently the Gemara says, apparently the Gemara says that Lemaise, again, there was some type of pious for that as well, and yet that's a nighttime Avodah. To which the Gemara says, um, excuse me. So Gemara gives the same answer. Why do you keep bringing up a varmen pedarim? Just because it happens at night, it's not called the night. This is interesting. It's not called the nighttime avoda. What is it called? It's called the daytime avoda that you didn't have time to do during the day, so you're doing it at night. I. What about Vari Itrumas Adeshan? What about Itrumas Adeshan? Which I will say is a nighttime avoda. Is a nighttime avoda. 
But Lemaisa, again, there's still a pious for it. So it's interesting. The, the Gemara could have just given the same answer as it gave before, which was what? Which was what? It's Tchilasayom. It's the beginning of the day. But the Gemara doesn't. Instead, what the Gemara says, Mishum Amaisa Shahaya. So the Gemara says, no, no, the reason we need a pious for the Truma Sadeshin is why? Because we learned it, because of the Maisha because the Kohanim were getting a little bit aggressive with each other. So we need the pious to regulate things. The Neimra, so now are we to say, based on this conversation, the Avodas Yom, the Avodas Yom, the Shazar Chayiv Ala Misa, Bayapais, Ain Zar Chayiv Ala Misa, Lo Bayapais. Now what you're telling me is, that in order for in order for an avoda to be subject to the lottery requ- requirement, there it must satisfy two criteria. Number one, number one, that it has to be done by day, and number two, it's the kind of avoda that if a non-coin would do it, he'd be chayiv misa. So if, a, if an avoda satisfies those two criteria, daytime avoda and death to a czar if he does it, then lemaisa again, that's which is subject to the pious. But if you don't if you don't satisfy those two criteria. Then you're not. Then you're not decided by lottery. I vahari shchita. What about shchita? Shiny shchita. So look at Rashi. We'll say. What about what about shchita? So look at. No, not yet. I'm sorry. I so what about shchita? Then I will say yet. Interestingly enough, when it comes to shchita, so shchita is an avoda bayom, an avoda bayom. Yet what? Yet a czar is not chayiv if he does it. A czar can do shchita, but yet what Rabbi say? Yet it is included in the lottery, right? Remember again when they did the lottery for the carbon tumid. So they also remember remember how they decided it that the individual who actually got the lot for the shechita that was the one who they drew the lot from. Then his twelve buddies to his right got the rest of it. So what do you see from here? That it's not true. That even an avoda that is kshera bizarre, they still drew lots for. To which the gemara says, no, 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 shiny shechita detchilas avodahi. Shechita is different. Why? Because Shechita is the beginning of the Avoda. Beginning of the Avoda. All right. So apparently because the Shechita is the beginning of the Avoda, it has a Hashivus onto its own, onto itself, which therefore makes it subject to the lottery requirement, even though what? Technically speaking, it's Kshira Bizarre. It's, it's not an Avoda. Just the beginning. It's an Avoda. It, well, it is, it, it is avoda. It is avoda. It should happen. Remember, we're going to see that it doesn't have to be as black. Something could be an avoda, even if it's kshere bizarre. That's what we're going to see. So the Gemara says, "Omer Marzutra, v'itim Ravashi, v'ha anan lot nanhachi." But did we not learn the following? Omer lahem hamamuna. Omer lahem hamamuna. The mamuna. Remember, the also the mamuna is the guy who's in charge of the kohanim. He used to say to them, "Tzu uru im higia zman hashchita." He would tell them, go up and see if the time of the Shrita had already arrived. Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. So we'll see this later on. The Mishnah will say that the Mamuna, let's say the sky crying, God bless whoever it was, was in charge of the Kohanim. So he would say, go up, go ascend to a high place and see if it's daybreak yet. Because we could only shech the carbon tumid of the morning once it was day. But obviously, if they shechted it before day, the mice of the carbon would be possible. So they would tell them, go up and see if the Zman Shrita had arrived. But yet, interestingly enough, there was the, the, the Mamuna, the individuals in charge of the Kohanim, never sent them to see if what? 
if the time for the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim had arrived. The boss said you could only bring the Ma'arachah you could set up at night. But the two pieces of wood to be brought to the Mizbech had to be done by day. So the Gemara points out that it's interesting that the Mamuna would tell them to check for daylight by the carbon tamid, but would not tell them to check for daylight by the Shnei Gizrei Eitzim. So why not? So the Gemara says, very simple. Hach, hach, the less takanta, katani. Hach, the islik takanta, lo katani. Because the Gemara says there's a very simple reason. Because the carbon tamid, if you shechted it and you were wrong, then what? There is no takana. You can't remedy that mistake. But if you accidentally put the shnei gizre eitzim on the mizbech and it turned out that what? That it was really nighttime, then what? Guess what? Good news. There's a remedy. What do you do? You pull it off the mizbech and you can put it back on once it's daybreak afterwards. Look at Rashi. The Islay Takanta im sidran balayla parkan vechozir besodran bayom. If you accidentally put the two pieces of wood on the zbeach at night, you remove them and you go ahead and put them back during the day. Lekach lo hitrichu laalos legag liros im hegia sheosat in the megia. Therefore, the mamuna did not trouble the kohen to go up to the roof of the roof of the beis hamikdash to see if day had actually dawned. Sheosat horech lo hitrichu elabapam achos. Allah me or halavana, the dimu shaheir misrach, the shachlas tamakidic tonula per gimel, about cedar gizirin sidura bekarka azara, mishira misrach, the intaa be more halavana, lo ichpas lo shariyesh takana bedavar. So, I'll say again, the watch you see later on that. One of the reasons they actually ascended to the rooftop also the base of Mikdash was because one time it actually happened that they mistook the light of the moon for daybreak and they shechted the carbon tamid. After that episode, the Mamuna would tell the climb to go up to the roof or to some high place to see had the dawn really dawned or not. So when it comes to carbon tamid, for which if you make a mistake, the consequences are irreversible. You've shechted a carbon for no reason, and it's an invalid carbon, which is problematic in and of itself. Shnei they didn't make them go up to see if the dawn had already dawned, because let me say, what's the worst case scenario? If you're wrong, you'll just take it off the mizbeach. So we'll say again, we're still going to stop over here for today, but, but let me say again, we're still, we're still, we have not resolved our core issue, which is, let me say again, what exactly do we do? What's the criteria What's the criteria for an avoda for which a zar will be chayev for performance? Well, so just in one minute, I just want to share with you something very interesting. Um, there, there's a fascinating concept. It's back in yesterday's daf. So we saw in yesterday, the Gemara quoted the idea of the Kitoras, that they would go ahead for the, which uh, it was the, um, it was the third pious... Was it the third pious? Yeah, the third pious was for the Ketoras. So if you remember again, the Mishnah quoted the idea that they are Nick the Anasut, whoever has never, whoever has never partaken in the, uh, partaken, partook, partaken, whoever has not participated in the Ketoras should come forward and do it. So the Gemara says, because again, the Kohanim at most got one opportunity to go ahead and take part of it. So what's interesting is the Ramah quotes in Yardeh, quotes the Mariel. This is in Simon Reish, Samechei, Sef, Yud Aleph quotes the idea in the name of Rabbeinu Peretz that the sandik, the sandik, right, the person who holds the baby during the brismila is kemaktir kitores, is like a person who's offering kitores. And therefore there are more paskins, lochein ein litin shnei bonav sandik echad. Therefore a person should not use the same sandik twice. Right, now listen to this. So what's interesting is, so the note of Yehuda 
has a whole tshuva about this. Where where do you get this idea that bris milah is like kitores? So he quotes the Medrash that says that when Avram Avinu circumcised his entire household, what he did is, right, the, the image itself might not be the prettiest, but you'll understand the message, he made a pile of arlos, a pile of foreskins. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, just, just roll with me with this. Right? So, so, now, so now the Gemara says that, that when the sun came out, they began to disintegrate. And the, Gemara, the Medrash says that the smell was like kitores before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Medrash here creates ultimately the link between bris milah and kitores. So the note that Yehuda says, this is where the Ramah gets this idea that the Sandik is kemaktir kitores, is kemaktir kitores, because Lemais again the connection, and therefore again the same way that the coin went ahead and only did the kitores once, in order to be able to share that opportunity with others, the Maril Paskins, that a person, if they've already been a Sandik, if there's someone else who has never done it, they should give that opportunity to someone else, that they should have the opportunity for Sandekos. Now, just to end with this, he quotes over here also, the Nodri quotes from the Sefer, Makar Chesed, which is in the Sefer HaChasidim, that says the following. He quotes it by Ketores and by Sandik, that there were many Kohanim who did the Ketores, but did not become rich. And there were many people who were, were a Sandik and did not become wealthy. So what's the Pshad? And he quotes over from the Sefer HaChasidim something beautiful. He says, he says, Klabi Mashamar, She'ina Kavana, the kavana here is not for literal monetary wealth, through kitores or through sandekus. What's the, what do you get from the kitores? What do you get from being a sandik? You, 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 you get the bracha of satisfaction. Rabos, I remember, the greatest bracha of wealth cannot be measured in what you have. The greatest bracha of wealth is the ability to appreciate what you have and not to constantly pine after what you don't. That is true wealth. Because we know if a person measures their wealth in what they acquire, then a person ultimately is never wealthy. A person is only wealthy when ultimately they appreciate the brachos that they don't, that they have, and don't spend their time yearning for what they don't. So amazingly enough, what comes out of here is halach, just so you see, is halach lamais application. That the sandik ultimately, if he's already done it, he should give the opportunity to someone else based on the kitores. And they're not even telling us that the ultimate bracha in kitores, as well as the ultimate bracha in sandikos, might not be measured in the actual windfall of material wealth that you have. But somehow engaging in these avodos creates a spiritual sensitivity. And it's a spiritual sensitivity that teaches a person the midah of appreciation. And it's the midah of appreciation that ultimately paves the way for true life wealth. All right, just stop talking. It's called a pyramid. Good? A pyramid. Okay. They are burnt with the tummy. I, mean, I think that's the reason the Sephardim do it. The Sami by the priest. Oh, it could be. It could be based on the Kitoras. Beautiful. Beautiful. Don't Sephardim also do 